And coming up next on 2NURFM, we're talking finance. Thursday Finance is the program, and Barry Preston joining me, Jane Klein. And he'll have his market snapshot for you, take a look at what's happening uh, in our country and overseas as well, with Henry Jennings joining us. We'll also take a look at commodities and we'll dip into Barry's mailbag. Thursday Finance on 2NURFM. Barry Preston joining me, Jane Klein. We do it for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners. And Barry, commodities, interest rates, all those things. Interest rates are stable. They've not changed. To uh, The Reserve Bank is keeping them steady. At, I think it's 2.5. Um, I noticed the banks uh, some time ago over the last uh, few weeks have reduced their rates. <clears throat> and um, Their lending rates. Their lending rates. And, of course, they've reduced their rates that they borrow from the public. In other words, people putting money Interest, into that. Yeah. Yeah. And usually, as banks often do, they reduce the money they pay out to clients or customers a lot more than what they charge. So this gives them a margin. Hmm. Mm. Mm, okay. And I have evidence that the, there's one bank in particular that uh, has in, been increasing its uh, interest rate on MasterCard over the uh, time all the rates have been coming down. I'll mention that uh, one day next week uh, just to show, and I've got the evidence, it's factual, mm. uh, you know, they can't deny it, it's, but uh, they've been putting their, those rates up mm. for no reason because they may say that, oh, yeah, but they're a higher risk. Well, they were a higher risk when interest rates were higher than what they are when the interest rates are lower. They're a lower risk. I mean, okay. interesting. <laughs> In the meantime. <laughs> In the meantime, let's have a look at gold. 1374 Australian per ounce. That's down $18 over the price last week. Same time. And silver, $20.80. That's a drop of a huge 18 cents per ounce. Australian copper. Copper's only down $11 Australian to 7564 Nickel is down $217 a tonne to 20096 And the biggest drop is tin, down $764 per tonne, or 3%, to 23227 That was the biggest mover over the week. And as far as currencies are concerned, we are weaker against the US dollar. It was 92.8 last week. It's 93.3 cents US to Australian dollar. In other words, it would cost you approximately a dollar and seven to buy an American dollar. And the British pound, we've actually strengthened against the British currency. It's a 56.2. We would get approximately for our Australian dollar last week. It was 55.9. You'd have to pay a dollar 77.6 to get a British pound. And the Chinese currency, pretty stable, 5.73 last week, 5.7 yuan rinminbis to an Australian dollar. Uh, that it cost you uh, 17.4 cents to get one Chinese yuan rinminbi. And the New Zealand currency, we have strengthened against that. Last week it was only 109, well, 109.5 New Zealand cents to the Australian dollar. It's 111.5 this week. That's a big change, actually. That really is a big change. And the euro, 70.7. Last week it was 70. Uh, to the Australian dollar. In other words, 141.3 Australian dollars would get you one euro. Canada, very little change in Canada, half of one cent, or or 101.4... Let me start again, sorry about that. 101.4 Canadian cents to the Australian dollar. It would cost you 98.6 to get one. Canadian dollar. Heading to Turkey, $2... uh, Sorry, if you were heading to Turkey, one Australian dollar would buy you 2.0. 013 Turkish lira, which is used to be the 
Italian currency, lira, I think. The same mm. name, yes. And, and in fact, comes from sorry? the Latin word for a pound. Does it? Mm. Lira, a pound. Mm. Why don't they just say pound? Well, why indeed. Oh, not to worry. <laughs> <laughs> just a thought. Our markets, we are up 19 points over the week to 5,648, which is... Uh, Around about a six-year high, I think, if I remember correctly. The US Dow, 143 points, or 0.8 of 1% ahead to 17,122. The US NASDAQ, 43 points ahead to 4,569. The FTSE, the UK market, 6,830, or 75 points ahead, or 1.1. That was one of the better performers. And the Japanese Nikkei, pretty stable ahead 80 points to 15,534, or a half of 1%. The Hang Seng had a bit of a negative. It was down 241 points, or 1%, to 24,918. And on the petrol front, the oil front, US uh, Texas, West Texas Intermediate, the Australian equivalent to 93.88 American, is $100.55 per, uh, per barrel American. And the Tapas... Australian, 111.35. Now those, the American is the American oil is down three dollars ninety-seven Australian per barrel, and ours is down a huge. Wait for Jane, thirty-nine cents. Uh-huh. At the Bowser average petrol prices, this is the unleaded. In Newcastle, 152.3. That's down 0.9 of a cent. In the Central Coast. It's down 2.1 to 154.3. Newcastle Diesel, 156.2. That's down a half of one cent. And the Central Coast, 156.5. That's down 0.4 of a cent. Now, Sydney, a big drop down there. 10.2 cents a litre to 137.3. And the diesel is down a huge 0.009 of a cent to 151.4. And, of course, Grafton and Orange, very little change up there. Grafton's 147.3 and Orange is 149.4. Well, I have to say, Barry, last weekend I went down to Sydney and I was very pleasantly surprised because we had to get petrol down there. It was 15 cents a litre cheaper than it was up here. But the, if you hang on a thing, hang on a sec, Jane. It costs fifteen cents per litre to take it from Sydney to here. Didn't you know that? Thank you for that explanation. But you must Barry. remember that, and uh, we'll be talking about websites later because a lot of people have been asking me to get these websites so they can have a look. Good. Uh, petrol is a commodity that is very much exposed to price, probably more than anything else. You never see bananas exposed as much. To NURFM, it's twenty-five past twelve, Thursday finance, and it's market snapshot time, Barry. Preston. And of course, comments made during our program are for general discussion and you must always seek your own advice and a product disclosure statement should be obtained and considered before obtaining a financial product. Staff associated with Pritchard and Partners and or BBY stockbrokers may hold or trade shares in companies mentioned on this program. Pritchard's Financial Services Licence 246712 BBY Limited 238095. As... Henry, all good things must come to a close. The reporting season is coming to a close and uh, ex-dividend stocks are coming up, which will probably push the market down. What's your thoughts on this? Um, well, certainly, Barry, uh, good, uh, good afternoon to your listeners. Yes, the, uh, the uh, long-anticipated reporting season is coming to a close, um, and it's been generally a pretty... Uh, actually, it's been not a bad reporting season. I think, mm, good, uh, I think. our expectations were relatively, uh, relatively modest, and they have been uh, surpassed in most cases. Uh, what has been noticeable is that those that have uh, punched the lights out have done very, very well subsequent to their results coming out, uh, not only on the day of the results, but they've continued to attract investors to those shares, uh, while those that have disappointed or have 
come out with uh, outlook statements that have been somewhat negative and uh, have been quite heavily punished. Uh, Blue Scope Steel was one of those um, this week that got uh, absolutely whacked um, after its announcement. So um, there has been some good and some bad, and we have now started to get the, uh, the dividend checks, or well, certainly the ex-dividends happening and the dividend checks to arrive in the post in the next uh, weeks or so. Not flying so high as well as Air New Zealand. I think Air New Zealand made uh, quite a good profit. But Qantas apparently has a big loss. But it's not to do with cash. I think it's write-downs and things, isn't it? Well, this seems to be the way of the world at the moment. These non-cash (laughs) write-downs. Qantas has announced the 2.8 billion dollar write down today on its uh, on its airline fleet and and the, the market has taken this as a positive uh, i have to say i'm a little bit flummoxed about this i don't know why anybody would ever invest in airline shares it's, it's a, it, you're on a hiding to nothing it's a very hard business um, you're competing with these uh, these these global companies that are backed by their national uh, governments in some cases where well, i'm talking middle eastern airlines even though they and, don't say that well, even though they don't say that, we all know that's the case. I mean, everybody, every country has their own national airline. It's a, it's a, it's a piece of national pride that you have your airline and it's the best in the world and everyone from that nation flies it and we're certainly no exception. So, um, but the share price is actually up nearly 7% today. Um, there's certainly a feeling that the worst is over and that Alan Joyce has, uh, turned it around. I've got to say, I, I, cannot believe that this is the case, but uh, we'll wait and see. But uh, uh, certainly, you know, he's been paid very handsomely for writing off a lot of money uh, over the years and uh, running this business into the ground. But don't get me too started on this one. Okay. National Australia Bank and CBA hitting the market with uh, raising billions of dollars with what they call hybrids, uh, securities that pay interest. But I get the impression that they're trying to wipe out some of the old hybrids, which were fairly uh, not easy to understand but they were a lot safer than these new hybrids, as far as I can understand. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, uh, you know, initially the, the, the hybrid market was a kind of a new thing, and as well with new things, um, they tended to be, uh, um, you know, sort of... Um, um, initial pricing and, and, and contracts to make them look really special. Um, a little bit of um, that was going on, and as we've sort of uh, matured, um, things have got a little bit more complicated, uh, and so they're trying to wipe out the ones that uh, we had in the, you know, in the dim and distant past and replace them with new ones. Part of the fact that new ones, you know, we've now got a climate of interest rates much lower, and these guys like NABS and CBA have been able to tap foreign investors, especially in Europe, where interest rates are pretty close to zero. In fact, some places negative um, for uh, for money to fund their Australian operations. So it's been a pretty good uh, good source of income uh, or good source of funding for these banks. But uh, they are trying to get rid of the, the sort of the early starter products and, and move on to the, these uh, later ones now. But anyone wishing to take up these things, please read the product disclosure yeah, statement not, I mean, in they're, detail. They're, yeah, they're, they're very much sold as a fixed interest investment to investors, but every one of them is different, and some of them do have stings in the tail, so it is very important, as you say, Barry, to read the fine print. Because if there is another global financial crisis, these things could fall out of bed. It's, it's the way of the world. Who be, Along with lots of other things. Uh, with lots of other things. Specific <laughs> brands. It's selling its work. We are too... West Farmers. Yeah, they are. They're, I'm not sure what, what else is really left. Bunnings. Um, but uh, but they're, they're selling their, uh, their their hard yakker and those sorts of uh, workwear brands for $180 million to West Farmers. There's also some sort that they're looking to, uh, to 
sell their bonds business as well uh, to somebody. So I'm not really sure what uh, what is left uh, for Pacific Brands if um, if they sell all these businesses. Yeah. I guess there's some Sherrod, there's some bed linen. Bed linen, uh, is it? We'll yeah. have to sleep on that anyway and see what comes out. You will. Out. You yeah. will. A little company called V-I-R-T-U-S, I believe it's pronounced, Virtus Health. Missed yeah. some targets, but what does it do? Um, they're involved with uh, IVF treatments for, uh, for, for families that are struggling to conceive, um, and they, they obviously didn't, um, didn't produce quite the goods that the market was going for and did have a sharp pullback sort of from uh, 8.20 back down to the 7.70 level. They have been one of the, the better performers in the market and did get up to you know, nearly nine bucks at one stage, but uh, it seems that their, uh, their services haven't been as in demand as they initially thought when their prospectors came out, and so have come back to earth with a little bit of a thud. Mm, interesting. What about iron ore prices? Now, this Ooh, is interesting, this iron ore prices. Mm, <laughs> what, what's happening? And who is, I believe, there are three big producers in the world. You probably name those. But what's happening? Well, all the, the three big producers are BHP Rio and the Brazilian company Vale, which together control about 75% of the world's iron ore markets. And all of these three seem to be hell-bent on producing record production numbers of iron ore. And, of course, when you've got supply um, flooding into the market, coupled with a, a somewhat weakening demand coming out of China, it is inevitable that uh, prices will go lower. And that's what's happened. And we're now looking at iron ore sub-$90 a tonne, around 88 bucks, which, of course, um, isn't quite so bad for these uh, entrenched low-cost producers like BHP, Vale and Rio, but it does hurt some of the little boys, uh, the Atlas Irons, those sorts of play people, that are, and the Fortescues, of course, mm. which um, don't get the premium prices, have got higher costs because their products, uh, their businesses haven't been going as long. So it's um, definitely hurting them. Um, but uh, at the moment, it seems to be the, the way of the world is more production and uh, full speed ahead and down the torpedoes. <laughs> you know, there are so anomalies, so many anomalies in the market. Flight Centre had some very good figures. Now, Flight Centre is a booking uh, agency, is it not, with uh, airlines? Yeah. I think yeah. everyone knows Flight Centre. I think it's you know it's pretty uh, ubiquitous on the on the TV with the with the friendly, cheery uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio kind of guy <laughs> with the with the exactly. <laughs> uh, with the uh, the airline pilot's hat on. So uh, it has been a market, darling, and I have to say, you know, they, they've done extraordinarily well, um, although, you know, they, they've come off from their, their super-duper highs around, you know, 55 bucks uh, earlier this year. Um, there certainly has been a little bit of a slowdown, and certainly after the, um, you know, the budget uh, in May, uh, consumer sentiment has sort of turned a little bit, but it looks as if they, they're sort of heading back upwards anyway, certainly as far as their business goes. So they... They were quite, uh, they were quite optimistic about their outlook, I guess. Henry, one more before we go to the break and then come back and go overseas. The Australian dairy industry, I believe, Murray Goulburn, which is not a listed company, and it was in a punch-up with uh, uh, some uh, Canadian company, Saputo, which took over mm. Warrenambool cheese. They reckon that there's going to be more mergers down the track for the Australian dairy industry. It does look that way, yes. I mean, as you say, these aren't listed uh, companies, although Bega and uh, uh, Warnable were. Um, you know, it's, it seems to be a very competitive place, um, dairy, and it seems to be the battlefield, I guess, of, um, 
of these multinationals because they're all trying to tap into this growing sort of middle class in not only China but the rest of Asia but also India as well. And as these middle class uh, emerges, their, their, their desire for dairy products, milk and cheese and those sorts of, of uh, dairy products is increasing and they all want to play in that space. So um, I think we're going to see more mergers because some of these companies probably need to get some of the sort of economies of scale um, that uh, are required to play with the big boys. So we'll see. But certainly I suspect uh, the, the Foreign Investment Review Board will be kept busy in the next few years with uh, agricultural companies being taken over in Australia. Because we have clean agriculture. Well- when you are FM, Thursday Finance, Barry Preston, we're about to head overseas and see what the markets are up to there with Henry Jennings. And, of course, uh, there are a lot of airlines throughout the world with uh, shares in the USA, etc., etc., and airlines face some very big challenges, especially in cost-cutting. I notice that Boeing's uh, bringing out new aircraft that are probably comparable with the older ones, but twice as many uh, uh, flight, uh, twice as many seats, and people are getting a little bit nasty about this legroom. Um, yes, there's even a device you can buy um, that uh, restricts the amount that the, uh, the seat in front of you can come back. And it looks like the guy's making a fortune with these, uh, these moulded plastic devices that stop your knees from getting whacked by the passengers in front. But, uh, yes, it's, um, I think we're going to get... We've had road rage. We're going to get air rage soon. Yeah, it's happening in the States at the moment. Talking about... Yeah. Uh, well, not talking about that, but the Ruskies, or I should say the Russian <laughs> sanctions, uh, are interesting. Germany, mm. who have uh, apparently jumped in and put some sanctions on, it's hurting Germany's exports. Is this called uh, biting you on the backside? I think it's called shooting yourself in the foot ah, to some extent. The, the, the Americans have been very keen for uh, to push the Europeans into sanctions against the Russians. Um, but, of course, the Americans don't do quite as much trade with the Russians as the Europeans do, apart from uh, the gas that the Europeans import. There's also a lot of stuff that the uh, Europeans export to Russia in terms of food and agricultural products and industry and industrial products. So, yeah, it's, it's starting to hurt, um, especially Germany at the moment. And, uh, you know, France is slipping into a recession. They've got nearly three and a half million people unemployed in France. So that's uh, really going well. And all the while, we're hoping that uh, super Mario Draghi um, is going to uh, to bail out Europe, and unfortunately, you know, European uh, governments and uh, to an extent the US and the UK government have got quite lazy and complacent about uh, putting in place measures to stimulate economies, and while they can just rely on the central banks around the world to keep printing money. One would assume that the people in charge of the International Monetary uh, Fund would be beyond reproach and uh, have a a clean, squeaky image, but there appears uh, rumours or comments or press reports that Christine Lagarde may be being investigated for fraud. This can't be Um, right. It does look as if um, she has been placed um, in France under what they call formal uh, investigation, which in France is quite a big deal because they tend not to uh, not to place you under formal investigation unless they actually think you're guilty of it. Um, she's been questioned about her role in, in awarding a um, it's a it's a 400. Uh, million euro um, sort of uh, compensation deal for a, a French businessman. Um, she was finance minister at the time in France, um, and it does seem as if um, so. This is coming back to uh, to bite her a little bit. So um, we'll wait and see what happens. But uh, certainly, it's not a, not a great look for the uh, the head of the IMF 
to, uh, to to be in this kind of situation. But uh, we've seen it before with um, with Dominic Strauss-Kahn as well. Uh, he was uh, an IMF managing director. Uh, he had some issues as well. So um, the French are good at this. Maybe we should sool ICAC in there, do you think? No? No, probably not. No, they're busy, well, they're busy uh, enough, aren't they? Well, they are busy enough. We'd actually like to send someone that's got some teeth can do something at the end of it. No, that'd be right. <laughs> Moaning, I'm oh, sorry, the lady in charge of the uh, purse strings in Germany says that the USA really can't sell, solve all the world's problems. Well, I think we knew that, but why say it? Well, yeah, there does seem to be some, uh, certainly some, some disagreement um, emerging between uh, between Europe and the, and the US in terms of what can and can't be done. But certainly, uh, Angela Merkel has uh, said that it can't solve all the world's problems anymore. And certainly, it looks as if the US isn't really that keen to even try mm. these days. They certainly seem to have uh, uh, gone back home to an extent with their bat and ball, leaving their drones to do the work. But then again, all's good in the garden of the USA. Consumer confidence is up. The durable goods orders are up. And they've had some real good figures for the economy, hence the movement in the stock market up. They have. Um, there are some people that would consider that uh, you know the U.S. still has a long way to go, and I guess the fact that um, the fact that um, we've got uh, Janet Yellen, head of the, the Fed, um, still saying that basically there's there's a long way to go in terms of uh, in terms of unemployment in the U.S. and despite the figures being better and all these numbers coming out that are better, um, you know it still hides a real problem that they have in the U.S. with with I guess underemployment. Um, of a lot of people, and you've still got 46 million people on food stamps, and you look at things that are happening in places like Ferguson, and you realise that the US has, has become a very much a uh, have and have not society, um, with, with stark contrast between the rich and the poor, and that does seem to be getting worse and worse. Mm. Now, Scotland, this is something uh, from a financial <laughs> point of view. Scotland is going to vote on its independence. Now, let's assume it does become independent. How will that affect it from an economic point of view? Well, that's the big question, isn't it? I mean, on September the 18th, the Scots go to the polls, um, which is unusual because usually the polls go to Scotland. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yes, so they're going to vote on yes or no. It's a simple majority vote. Um, and there are some thoughts that if Scotland votes yes, then obviously it then... Um, has to remove itself from the United Kingdom um, and on what currency they would use. Uh, will they still continue to use sterling or will they try and apply for European membership and, uh, and use euros? Um, there's an awful lot of implications to this. So it won't happen instantly. Um, there will be a roadmap to, uh, to Scottish independence, but um, you know, there's certainly there, there's some pros and cons for them, um, but they do seem to be, uh, you know, um, they do seem to be rebelling a little bit against uh, Westminster control controlling uh, their destiny, um, but whether that's positive or negative for Scotland, and of course um, it does throw into question a lot of you know, what happens to the Scottish debts, how do you apportion uh, mm. their, their, you know, their part of the, the debt, um, there's the Scottish oil, there's, you know, there's lots of things, so it could, uh, could be quite a, a big development in the, uh, in the UK certainly, but in the EU as well. China. Now, there's lots of news about China, but this one's interesting. China may spend billions of dollars to set up an electric car charging facility with long extension cords. I just threw the extension cord bit in, but they're setting up electric car charging facilities by the look of it. Well, they are. I mean, the, the, the Chinese, I know, I know that we, uh, you know, we, we criticise them for lots of things, but they, they do get things done. 
you know, we, we faff around and try and um, build uh, little projects and, and little roads and things, but the Chinese go out there and they actually do things. I mean, they're, they're very fast trains and all the infrastructure they've built gets done very quickly. Um, some may say, you know, very, um, you know, at the expense of, of lots of things, but this is another example of, of one of their projects that they've decided this is what they want to do, this is the future, and they're certainly embracing alternative energy, mainly because they're, 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 their country is so badly polluted with smog and other pollutants um, that they have to look at ways of reducing their reliance on uh, carbon emissions and carbon energy and this is one way they're going to do it so that they don't do things by halves and it looks like it's certainly on the agenda and as knowing the Chinese as, as, as we do it will happen. It's funny you know in Australia if you get things if you want to get things done there is so much red tape one would oh. assume that there'd be a lot of red tape in China but not so. Oh, you are good Barry. You think so? Yeah, we have green tape red tape and if anyone makes a mistake uh, off to ICAC, and uh, it's blue tape. Yes, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, I better get back to doing yep. what I know best instead of comedy. Henry, thank you very much indeed. By the way, when are you on Sky News? Um, not till next week. I, I skipped a week this week, so I'll be on next week, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, what time? Uh, 12 o'clock, lunch money. Please phone in and ask questions. And this is Thursday Finance and Barry Preston from your mailbag. You can hear it coming out there, finance at 2NURFM.com. There are always inquiries coming through. And one of the things that we really all want to know is about the websites that you mentioned that give us so much information. Look, these websites are good, and the first one, uh, in respect to commodities, may not show everything that we talk about as far as uh, uh, the smaller amounts we talk about, but if you are interested in having a look at one of the world's biggest commodities exchanges. It's a very simple website. It's LME, London Metal Exchange. Com. So it's just lme.com and follow the prompts in there. You'll see all the different types of metals. You'll be able to bring up charts. It, it's excellent just to see where the metals are ex- uh, traded and uh, how much of the uh, stock is in the warehouse. I assume it's in a warehouse. I'm not sure, but that's what it looks like to me. But lme.com to see all the various commodities. Where we get our information on petrol, the website is mynrma.com you go into mynrma.com look for motoring services just in the at the in the middle of the screen up the top a little bit petrol watch average daily prices now the average daily prices are down the side of the last page have a look in there and you'll see what we where we get our information and of course if you want to convert something from a currency into another currency or find out what currencies are called have a look at xe.com that's x for x-ray e for egg.com and that is your currency converter and by gee they're excellent and save them to your favorites up the top if anyone knows you can save it to your favorites so when you're looking at it next time go into your favorites and bang click on it and it will come up so there's three that uh, we've been asked about quite a number of times and of course you you look at those every week Mm. Very much so. To yeah, take a look and see so. how the world is going. Um, so what about movement in share prices while we're speaking about numbers? They're often mentioned in percentages and yeah. some of them look, seem quite large. It can be, but statistics and percentages can be very great liars. For, the, for, for an example, if something goes from 50 to 100, that's a 100% increase. But if it falls from 100 back to 50, that's a 50% drop. 
similar movement, but it all depends what base you're working from. The first one we from, worked from 50 and went to 100. The other one we went from 100 to 50. But a lot of people say, oh, yeah, gee, that share jumped. Look, if it went from 10 cents to 20, that's a 100% increase in price. But a bigger stock, say BHP, if it went from 38 to 40, that's a 2% increase. That's 5.26%. So a bigger stocks don't move up and down that much, there may be a 2 or 3% move, and often you see a share drop because of its ex-dividend. That will happen usually once or twice a year when the ex-dividend uh, happens. But investments, people lot of say, if we put $2,000 into a stock and it goes up 100%, that's, that's, a, that, that's fantastic. But if we bought $2,000 worth of BHP, we may not make 100%, purely because the stock is much bigger, and BHP would have to double uh, and the and the value of that would go from about a hundred and something billion to two hundred and something billion capitalization, and uh, that's not going to happen overnight. It's all right no as way. long as it goes up. It's not so oh, good when it goes well, down. Well, <laughs> then the things. There's uh, once upon a time, my mum and dad used to say, "What goes up must come down," but that's not true because we do fire things into space now that never come back. So, but on the stock market, yes, often if they go up, often they'll come back. Mm. <laughs> And that's Thursday Finance for today. Thank you, Barry Preston. Keep safe, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Back next Thursday after the midday news on 2NURFM.